is a pre-recorded version of the WTK Roundtable on WTK, unsurprisingly, 9 o'clock Thursdays. It is recorded, though, so if you call in, nobody will answer you. We make the choice to have the MGO Blog Roundtable, one final roundtable of the 2017-2018 school, fiscal, whatever you want to call it. Of course, the guys have to come back in August when we have uh, football underway once again or getting ready to be underway once again. I guess we could always reconvene the roundtable if something major happens and... Honestly, hopefully nothing major happens. But we welcome well, in Brian Cook. Good morning, Brian. Morning. Ed Fang. What's up? Craig Ross. Howdy. 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 We, have to come, be, we could come is, back when Patterson gets eligible. That's what I'm wondering. Is Shea Patterson eligible yet? And why? Yet. I guess we could always have a full show on when Shea and is announced why eligible. why is the NCAA taking this long? Well, I mean, there is a response and... So then now it, it the might, rice report came now out. Now it honestly it doesn't matter. The rice report came out. Yeah, they're, now they're gonna under, find some kind of excuse. Yeah, now it actually doesn't matter if he's as long as he's deemed eligible before like July. I'm not going to take that long, but it doesn't at this point it doesn't matter. Practice is over. Hey, I, mean, I guess for the guys that want to do their own seven on sevens and you know as a team, uh, but they're gonna Shay's gonna be a part of that anyway. I will bet you, Ira that John Reschke's sixth or seventh year of eligibility will be ruled on by the NCAA before Shea Patterson. You know, when uh, Ed Davis needed his sixth year, they didn't rule on it until August, but that was partly because he had to finish classes up and get a certain uh, amount of uh, check marks. Uh, I mean, isn't, wouldn't, wouldn't this be Reschke's sixth year? I, I think, don't know. I, I, think I so. don't know. I love how he's going to let his the team vote on his return. Yeah, right, yeah, is, that's that's a yeah. I, but who, we're not here to talk about Michigan charge. State, at least not this time. Yeah. So, yeah. Craig, I asked I asked the guys when they came in, what do you want to talk about uh, first? What do you want to talk about? And Craig jumped in very quickly, and he wanted to talk basketball, which works for me because I thought Ace Brian did a really good uh, write up on MGO Blog about what the the state of flux of the Big Ten going into next year with guys that have already declared that are leaving, guys that have declared that we don't know what they're doing. And so, obviously, we don't know a lot about next year because you have to find out who's coming and going. Uh, the two guys at Maryland, Charles Matthews, a couple guys at Purdue. Uh, but I thought it was a really nice write-up to kind of set the stage for what college basketball could look like in the Big Ten next season. Yeah, I mean, obviously kind of a down year for, for the league, only four bids in the tournament. Um, but one of those bids was really good, though. They played for the championship. It was. <laughs> but, I mean, that'll happen. I, I do think the legal uh, maybe bounce back somewhat. Like, I don't expect them to have four bids. I don't expect them to get to eight, but, you know, they could get five or six. I think Maryland, uh, if they hold on to Huter and Fernando. I do not see how Fernando comes back. I just doesn't really. Make, yeah, I just oh, don't. Really? Doesn't make you it. think he's, he's done he's enough? That, he's that raw talent that the NBA loves, and well, he's, if the he's, big, getting, he's the big. Yeah, and yeah. if he gets good advice, he's going to be given the advice of you will not develop at Maryland. Well, I mean, that's. I, I just feel like everybody talks about how next year's draft is just devoid of everything. So like, so if you come this back, is supposed you to be a, a really loaded that. draft. So I figure like. A guy like Fernando, who I can't imagine would be a first rounder this year. They say that. I've been so I've been seeing late first. Really, yeah, really? I've been late first. Really? He, he, look it. at him. He's a freak physically, and he, I mean he's jacked up, but he's like a Florida State jacked up guy who hasn't proven anything yet. Like I'm not saying that <laughs> I agree with that. I'm, I'm not just disagreeing. Right. I'm just. Well, well, right, are, you for, taking, are you taking Fernando or are you taking uh, Mo Wagner in the late first? Like I'm taking Wagner. Me, I would take Mo because he has a more proven commodity. Absolutely, right. but. 
most NBA teams don't look at proven commodities anymore. They look at potential. Potential. Well, I mean, like uh, I wouldn't even. But I, I, I'm not. I'm the guy though that wouldn't take Jaron Jackson in the top five what? because Jaron Jackson, while he's a great defensive player, I haven't seen him do anything on the offensive end what? yet. Are you? Well, I, and, I, and I think that he's and he shows immaturity on the floor and he shows lack of passion on the floor and that yeah, is translate and that translates into Kwame well, Brown. Yeah, that's all. That's all. It's his fault. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But his parents even suggested he, he should go back to school to get more. His no, parents was, suggest no. No, I, I. His parents, his dad wanted him to go back to school. Well, I'm glad that he's met, mature enough the, to ignore his dad's. And they wanted advice. for maturity. That's the thing. They wanted the maturity growth part. Oh come on. That's which is going to happen. Uh, he, under his he's got to. He's got to go more mature by attending Michigan State University. I'm not saying that he even made the right choice for a one and done because, as we all know, Tom Izzo is not good with one and dones. As Josh Jackson's mom told him. Josh Jackson's mom said that he was an amateur when it came to one and dones, which is actually fairly true. But but I'm not. Jared Jackson they get better when they stay. But I'm not. No, he's a perfect NBA five these days. He can shoot. He's yeah. He's uh, got a good switch all one to five. Yeah. Like he's, he's I'm a not shot sure. I, just don't, I, I look at him and I, and they said the same things uh, or you would say the same things coming out of high school of Kwame Brown. And I see the same thing. I just see I lack a passion. I see skill, but lack of passion. He's, he's very passionate when he's sitting on the bench for Ben Carter. All right. And so maybe <laughs> and so maybe it's his own fault. And I and I just haven't seen him. And I'm not saying he's not a talent. I think he's an insane talent. I just don't see the passion for the game. And if you don't have the passion for the game, I'm not taking you high in the draft. No, nah, man. Like I remember that that game at Breslin where there was that like 10 minute stretch where he was the most terrifying thing on the planet. Yeah, he, he reminds me of the guy at, at uh, Houston, the center there, Clint, what's his name? Capella? Capella. He reminds me of Capella with Wait, only with Capella a little shoot? better... Sh- no, well, but a- I mean, Jackson's a better shooter, yeah. but he reminds me of that, and Capella's... Uh, I mean, that, that guy can play. Well, they want him and, defensively and- to be... A skinnier, I guess, version yeah. of Anthony Davis. Well, and but he'll, offensively, he'll he's going to shoot. Out and, and he'll fill right, he will fill out. Five, like, and he's a young guy. He's a younger. And I think he eventually will be. And this goes back to. His passion stuff is like, how could you be passionate playing for Tom Izzo? And I don't necessarily. I, I, that's why I said maybe I just need wouldn't, to see it a different. Wouldn't you just like sit there and be like, oh, I want to die. I want to die. <laughs> I want to die. <laughs> All right, so Craig, what did you yeah. want to, as we we're going through and talking about next year's look at the uh, Big Ten, obviously Jaron Jackson, one of the guys that's going to be yeah. gone. He's, there's no option for him to come back. Miles Bridges leaves. Yeah. Mo Wagner leaves. Uh, a lot of upperclassmen that are just graduating and have run out of eligibility, like um, Isaac Haas and I guess Vince Edwards graduated too, yes. right? Yeah, Vince, Vince Edwards graduated. graduated. Carson Edwards is in the he draft. He but has to I don't, I think he'll be back probably. He's awfully small, but I, I like his game. The... Uh, uh, no, I was thinking more along the lines of Michigan because we haven't talked a whole lot about the kids coming in, I don't think, except Castleton. I think you guys talked a bit about Castleton last week. We did. And, uh, but beyond that, no. And I, I had some chance this week to look at whole game tapes. And there's what? a, yeah, I looked at, I found, for example, two game tapes of uh, Brazdaikis playing uh, two years ago against Oak Hill. Two years ago? Yeah, when uh, he was playing against Oak Hill. That's some talent on Oak Hill's team. Yeah, they had some great talent on Oak Hill team, and, and Orangeville uh, prep uh, Brazdaikis' school lost by 10, uh, but they froze him out. 
his teammates froze Brazdaikis out, but Brazdaikis still had 28 points and eight rebounds, bar- barely touching the ball in the game. Well, that's because they know if they, he touches the ball, they're not getting it back. Well, you know, and that's what I've heard a lot of people say about him. And I watched another game uh, this year where this his team, who's much less talented than than the team he had last year, playing against a California all-star team loaded with top D1 guys. And the California all-star team came out and made 17 threes in the first half and and blew Orangeville away. However, uh, Brasdikas had 50 points, I think 50 points and nine rebounds in the game, and he and they ran the offense through him. And he took maybe one or two bad shots in the game. And, I mean, he did not take bad shots. He, uh, you know, I, I was trying to think of a player. Let's say, I was going to ask you, so who's your comparison? Yeah. Not well, that he's going to be the next right. whatever, but a similar he's style. He's someplace. Uh, the three guys that, that came to mind are Scott Pippen. Uh, Scott? <laughs> Scotty Pippen. Uh, I think you actually was Scott in the draft. J- uh, J- uh, Jalen Rose and James Harden. But he's a better he's, shooter than those guys. Uh, Jump shooter. Wait, 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 wait. That's not that's not the objection. Yeah. The objection is he's not nearly the athlete as any of those guys. Well, that's wrong. I he's mean, he's not. I mean, no, we're talking no, about James no, Harden here. No, I understand that. And and James Harden is you know phenomenal, beyond the phenomenal. And but if you look at Brasdikas, he's not given enough credit for being as good an athlete as he really is. And if you watch, and that's what I I, I had seen just stereotyping the, Canadians. I, I, don't know, I was just you, watching. You're talking about like A plus athletes. No, I'm not, I'm not talking about you. And just, if Brasdikas is like an a B plus athlete or an A minus athlete, that's still a big gap between those guys. Uh, well, he's an A athlete, and and he has an incredible handle. The one thing about him that I didn't understand, and maybe it was Sam or Brian or Ed or somebody told me this a couple of weeks ago when I first. Watched watched his highlight tapes a couple years ago, I was stunned that he shot most balls around the basket right-handed. And he shoots his threes and everything outside of 10 or 12 feet left-handed. And which confused me but he's he's so he's completely ambidextrous. And but then somebody told me no, he's right-handed. He's right-handed, but he shoots the he shoots the three left-handed. He shoots everything. He shoots free throws left-handed. He's an excellent free throw shooter, incidentally, <laughs> and uh, he 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 is a phenomenal player. He understands the pick and roll game. He over and over in the game I, I watched last night tried to run pick and rolls, but he kept hitting his center in the head. Uh, it would bounce off. I mean, he he is that on the center's hands or no, on the, the pass? Yeah, on the the pass would hit the. Guy's chest or his head and go bouncing. Away. Hey, if you're hitting the guy I'm, in the head, that's, that's a good on the pass, guy, yeah, That's on the guy's on the receiving. Well, I know that's what I'm saying. Get, get ready, man. Get those like, hands up. And so I, you know, there, it does. He have gaps. Yeah, he has some gaps. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, what his defense is going to look like because he didn't play as hard as I would have liked to have seen at times. On the other hand, they're getting killed. Uh, but I, I think he's an underrated athlete. I don't think he's quite as good a shooter as people think. Uh, but he's still a good Feel shooter. I can fix that anyway. Yeah. Well, and you yeah. Hoops had a good post mm-hmm. where they compared his uh, off-the-dribble shooting with his catch-and-shoot, and he did a lot of off-the-dribble shooting at Orangeville and not not so hot at it, but as a catch-and-shoot yeah. uh, shooter, especially in the corners, yep. he was a plus-plus yeah. player. And that's, uh, and that's what he's going to be. Yeah, and yeah. that's what you need, especially yeah. freshman year, right? He could be he could feel like a Nick Stauskas role as freshman year where you put him in the corner shoot threes and then there's more to his game. He's but not, he'll never be 
a guy who sits in the corner and shoots threes. No. Like, he's going to be a guy who, if he gets the ball, he's going to look to score. And, you know, he took an extra year of high school because in Canada that's what they do. So he turned 19 in January. I wouldn't look at Bryce Dykus as, as a freshman. I would look at him as like a guy. a freshman who, and a half, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would expect mm-hmm. him to produce like a, a, a sophomore. I mean, he's been at this prep school. He's been playing nothing but other prep schools with guys who are five stars and stuff. Right. He's scored 33 points a game on good efficiency against these schools. Like, I, I expect him to come in and be immediately ready. You know, defense is one thing. Uh, the system is one thing. But physically and, and you know, skill-wise, he should be ready to produce immediately. Yeah, and at 19, as you said, he should be. Because yeah. a lot of times, Beeline brings guys in that are on the younger side, but he's more like McGarry on the older side yes. of the spectrum. So yep. where do the minutes come? Um, I think he's going to get 10 minutes backing up Charles Matthews. Yeah. Well, obviously, if Charles goes, that's a different conversation. But, yeah, yeah, but I expect Matthews come to come back. back. Yeah. And I then, agree. Uh, he'll probably get mm, t- t- 15 at the four, maybe 20, depending on how Livers comes around and how oh. Johns does. Well, Brandon well, Johns, I mean, incidentally, I watched some of his tape this week, too, and... Uh, He's a pretty rounded guy. I mean, there isn't a lot of, there aren't a lot of gaps in his game. He's going to be able to come in and compete. And he, and, and like Brazdaikas, he's strong and filled out. He's not a skinny yeah, he's guy. He's ready to go too. He's and ready to go. He's going to be the second best athlete on the team behind Matthews. Like he, he has a lot of above the rim in his game. And, you know, he's, yeah, he's a good jumper. Yeah. He's, he's a guy who, who will block some shots. He'll finish at the rim with authority. Um, you know, he shot 72% from from two this year in high school, which is you know, partially because he's playing Jackson and but it's Onstead, still, but uh, he still has to make them. But that's <laughs> yeah. that he's a, he's a different kind of player than Livers. Even in high school, Livers was mostly a shooter. Um, and Johns gets to the bucket. He has three point range. Um, that yeah. I think he's going to have to develop a little bit. So what you're partly saying with the, talking about both Brezdikas and Johns is that there are more get to the bucket guys than we're used to seeing at. Michigan. Yeah, and I mean, Livers was great off the ball as a freshman. He had a really good O-Reb rate, uh, and he was a good defender. So that's, I think that's the choice you're making at the four. Like, this guy's been in our system as a defender. He's a good offensive rebounder. Do we need him to have usage? Do we need the four to have usage? Probably some of the time. And other times, Livers is going to be the better fit. What about the Julius and Nunez? Have you looked at them at all? Do you have any thoughts? I I have some thoughts on them. Yeah, go well, Nunez is a kid. He's very smart. He was, uh, I think, almost a four-point student in, at high school. He's he he averaged four and a half points a game in high school. Had no offers, um, and then broke out in the following summer. And this last year has played at uh, Prep school. in Connecticut, yeah. I think. And same league that McGarry was in. Okay, and, and he. Spike. And he uh, is interesting because he didn't pick basketball up till seventh or eighth grade, so he doesn't have all the shot flaws you see with with kids who learn to play too soon. And I would, you know, I'd put perhaps uh, Xavier in that category as a, as a person who learned learned to shoot the ball too soon, and 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 then it's hard to to, to begin to do something else. But he uh, he has a, a pristine jump shot. Absolutely, it's it's Tim Hardaway, and he has Tim Hardaway's ability to lift and elevate and get the shot off. Now I I hunted all over for a tape of full games of his, and I couldn't find them. All I can see is the, the is the highlight yeah. stuff, and so I and the highlights are great, and the highlights are great because you never <laughs> miss, of course. Yeah, but his, his his mechanics are are really spectacularly good. Yeah, his mechanics are good, and also the diversity of shots that mm-hmm. he makes in those tapes. So he's got a step back. Uh, right. He's able to take one dribble off the bounce and rise up off the pick and roll. 
He has a lot of catch and shoot, of course. Um, so he's backing up pool. Yeah, he'll be, yeah, he's yeah. a two. He's, he's about six five, maybe a little taller. <clears throat> yeah, he's apparently six five without shoes, so he'll get listed at six six yeah. or six eight, depending on <laughs> yeah. how aggressive Michigan wants to be with their roster. Right. Uh, and you know, defense is going to be a question for him. Right. I think early in his career, he's going to be just a shooter, uh, which is fine. I mean, Michigan mm-hmm. is a team that needs shooting, um, and we'll see how he develops. I think he's going to be a pretty close uh, analog to Duncan, and maybe a little bit better defender because he's not. Uh, as 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 big and can move a little bit more laterally, but that's that's what you're looking at. And then of course the Julius is the point guard. It's coming into a, a team that yeah. has Z and Eli that both played this year. Z playing more, but both well, played. And the Julius is the guy. I mean, there's been so much buzz about him this season. Yeah, I He's think, had a, he had a great senior season in high school. Yeah, I mean, I watched the game against Chicago Orr, uh, which I think was a state champion not this year but last year yeah. in, in Illinois. And uh, he put up 49 against Chicago or all all kinds of ways. And then he had the great game against Clarkson earlier in the year where he where he had 41. People say it was against Lawyer. It wasn't. The no, they didn't Clarkson put, didn't put Lawyer on him. Lawyer couldn't check. That would, that would be futile. Uh, and so uh, he he has a nice game. Though I also watched him against U of D High School, and he did not have a particularly good game against U of D High School. Uh, but it was mostly just missing shots that kept ro- rolling out and around. But he, I compare him to Derek Walton. He's sturdy. He's big. Uh, he does rebound, not like Derek did, but he will go to the defensive boards. He sees the court well. He's got a very good handle, uh, has a, enough of a left hand around the basket. I think he may be a little bit better in the half court than, than, Derek, than Derek was. Well, and but, then, I mean, his main asset to me is the fact that shoot off the dribble yeah he shot 42 yeah. percent this year from three and if his highlight videos are any indication yeah. the vast majority of those were off the dribble yeah and that's you can shoot 40 percent off the dribble like you get some catch and shoot mixed in there you know you're going to get even a little bit better at that and you know what's a you know remember walton and late clockwork just like this is also a good shot this is a bad mm-hmm. shot technically but it's a good yeah. shot for me and so getting that ability Back on the team, I think is going to be a big deal. I mean, he'll be backing up X, and uh, and so, but I also think he perhaps gives us an option later in games yeah. when you don't have to suffer through the free, the free throw yeah. problem in particular. So, and, and Eli, my guess is a move hard, to the two. But it's the hardest primarily. position in Beeline's offense to jump right in. It is, but it doesn't mean that by January and February he doesn't have. I mean, you want. I'm not going to compare him to Z, but you look at what Xavier Simpson did his freshman year, yeah. and remember that point, that breaking point in the middle of the year where they're like, he's got X amount of stuff that he can do, so let's just that's what we'll run when he's in the game, and then he's got was it 10, 12 minutes, or whatever he was giving solid minutes, yeah. he was picking it up. I'm not saying that Julius will be on everyone's got their own learning curve, but fresh the point guard position for freshman on Jen and Beeline's team, <clears throat> you need to remember there's a learning curve. True, but I mean Trey Burke and Derek Walton. Both came in and started. Yeah, but Derek had Nick and Derek was a fourth. Banana. Yeah, Derek was a fourth or fifth option, and and Trey was on a team that they had no choice because that was when Morris left, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they didn't have a choice. And Trey, when you look at freshman versus sophomore, it's still a jump. You know, so. Trey was a Naismith winner in year two. So is that what you do? Is it going to do? Uh, no, probably not. No. Well, we'll take it if he is. <laughs> take it. So I mean, the thing about playing time this year, I think there's a big difference between a team that has Xavier Simpson on the floor for 35 minutes. And one that has him on the floor for 25 minutes. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. You make him more effective in his shorter spurts, and he can... Well, and, and if you have him on the floor for 25 minutes, that implies that DeJulius or Eli Brooks is good enough 
to to take away minutes from one of the best defensive point guards in the country because you just need different things at different times. And the other thing with DeJulius is he is going to have Poole and he is going to have Matthews. I think those are going to be two high-usage wings, uh, which means that he's going to have a little bit more leeway to, to be a shooter uh, and a kick-out guy early in his career. So I think he can five minutes that way. Could, could we talk just a second about the center spot? And what what sure. did you guys see from Austin Davis this year? I mean, I mean I, I'm he, a fan of Austin Davis. I think he he has a chance, but I don't. Uh, you and I often have agreed, disagreed on centers. Uh, with, I, uh, yeah, we've so. only seen you know a minute here, a minute there. Yeah, but the minutes that Austin Davis has given us have been fairly Pretty solid. Good. Yeah. Like you know he he is forced into the Purdue game in the Big Ten tournament. And they immediately go at him. Isaac Haas has to t- try a tough hook directly over him and misses it. You know, Michigan didn't get beat up on the boards or find anything particularly easy in, at Breslin when he was also forced onto the floor. Mm-hmm. And he's done well in garbage time. Like he he challenges shots. He's he rebounds. I don't think he's ever going to be like a dynamic player. He's not going to be a shot blocker. He's not going to no. be a shooter. But like I, he can be Jordan Morgan. He can be Jordan yeah. Morgan plus a couple inches. You know, I, I think that. You know, people kind of sell him short, and everybody's talking about, well, he should probably transfer. Like, what are we, what are we going to do with that spot? And I'm like, never give up on a big. Yeah. Like, never give up on a big until, like, they're a junior, and, and they that, can't play any defense at all. That's yeah. There was a, a quick story. So years ago at Maryland, Gary Williams had a kid that played at DeMatha. And I say played, I use that very loosely. The kid was like 7-2. So he was in the roster at DeMatha, but he barely played. But he was 7-2. So Morgan Wooden thought he could coach him up. And then Gary Williams says, I think I can coach him up. And he sat on the bench for two years, and then he disappeared. Because you can't coach 7-2, but you think you can put some sort of skill and coordination right. into the body. And the thing is that Austin doesn't need that side of it. He has skill, and he's coordinated. He just... He's a yeah. fight. He's going to be. A, he'll he, have a very good role in this team for the next three years, he without question. He didn't have a, a whole lot of playing time this year, and people are getting skeptical about it. But he's behind Mo Wagner mm-hmm. and John Teske, and John Teske was an elite possession generator, an elite defender. I mean, his block rate does not do justice to what he did when he's on the floor. When no, the length uh, was good. Well, Michigan, uh, their two point defense improved by six points when he was on the floor versus Wagner. Yeah, that's that's an enormous number, and uh, you know. There's no shame in not getting minutes behind those two guys. They'll have depth in the yeah. They'll have depth in some some of it obviously inexperienced. Yeah. And then you'll have Castleton, yeah, who is a rim protector and is a shooter. He's like, I think you talked talked about him last week. He's yeah. like Mo Wagner, who can. Protect I know you want to talk about him, so go ahead. People aren't going to be like, oh, I don't want to hear about Colin Castleton. Well, yeah, I, I I watched a couple of his whole games too, and uh, he really he and you can't watch him and not think Mo Wagner. Yeah. I mean, both in terms of his three-point shot, which looks a little similar. He's a little bit mechanical. He's a little bit mechanical, but he's also a little longer than Mo. I think. He's certainly a rim protector, a better defender. Uh, I, you know, I like him a lot, and I think he's going to be a nice player here. I think it might be, I mean, depending on what, what, what Beeline ends up doing, he might be an, a good guy to, to redshirt for a year, even though it puts us with a non-shooter at the five, at least in terms of, of, of of the three ball and that's something that he's that he certainly wants. It's so, a possibility, uh, you know. It could go but I think way. he's going to be really a nice player. Uh, I like I do like his game because I like yeah. the versatility of the having the big. Obviously, they need the big yeah. that can shoot to be a part of it. We're yeah. going to take a break because we're very late to a break. I'm sure Miz is waiting for me to yeah. go to this break. But I do want to you know Les emailed in. He Les is our Canadian listener. Yeah. And it used to be grades 9 through 12 and then the OAC year now it's just 9 through 12 like the US so kids go to university at 18 in Canada oh, okay. so we just prep schooled for a year so I there gotcha. you go 
Step aside to break. More of the roundtable here on Sports Talk 1050 WTK. The ticket. Ed, you live over by Beeline. Does he mow his lawn in straight lines? He. I, know I will he does. go check the next time. I, 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 I know. I, why, why, why would John Beeline mow his own he, lawn? I've, I, he, he told me he's he does. John Beeline. He will put on the he had like satellite radio on a on a portable satellite radio. He'll put the Listen Cardinals the game, Cardinals, put yeah. the Cardinals game on his on headphones, and he'll mow his lawn and mow in straight. Because we talked to him in the past about <laughs> lawn sir. Um, why can't you walk in a straight line, Ira? Why can't I walk in a straight yeah. line? Because I got slope in the uh, the slope kind of throws me off a little oh, bit. Okay, and I just feel like mowing in a straight line is not like a. No, it's thing. actually not that. It's that I mean, it's, a fairly, it's, only it's hard like for me. It's a fairly straight line, but it's, <laughs> Craig, you, you end up with no a little excuse in terms of a slope either. What's wrong with you, man? I can't see. I, I mean, Mr. Weinstein, I'm going to have to ask you to walk in a straight line, please. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to fail that one. Well, fail that's, that one. <laughs> that's a little bit of a difference. Are you who mows when they're drunk? That's not. Don't <laughs> not operate safe. machinery well, when you're drunk. Yeah, that would not be safe. I also get into like I change my patterns up when I'm mowing, so I yeah it's a, I do the same thing. I get bored. Yeah, I so get I, bored. I'll like yeah. do a little so, circular so do lines do and then dive. Yeah. I do all kinds of stuff. I don't have I don't have any grass. That's what uh, that's Ira was. That's what I was alluding yeah. to. He doesn't. If have you don't grass. know about my yard, everybody, it's it's mulched, all mulch. I got have a you big, fresh, just a total aside. Have you fresh mulched it for the season? Well, I, I'm in the process of doing it right now. Thank you for asking. <laughs> does, does it smell <laughs> waft through the walls and the windows? No. Fresh mulch has a, a it's like a new car smell, new mulch smell. Everyone, that's got a very unique smell to it. I, so. I, I I just spread some yesterday. Uh, it's a it's a lovely outdoor activity. Thank you. It is. We they, should come back our, next week and talk about mulching. Sure. We could. We could next <laughs> let's week. See, uh, let's see if we can get the lowest yet. ratings <laughs> in the history of radio. Well, we hit on Michigan basketball, so obviously yeah. we'll hit on Michigan football here. And I was thinking about this the other day. So a couple years ago, spring football, they were in IMG, and it was open to the public. They had the spring practice at Ford Field. There was a spring game. Last year, they, were practices, they had the spring game, and there were practices overseas. This year, the spring game got canceled. We literally, media or anybody else, literally had zero access to a single spring anything. And it's probably a good thing. No. People talk so much about, I know for what we're I trying to content. do, it's difficult. I understand for us, it's difficult. They need content. But for the people, people need content. Pe- but the people that are out there screaming, just enough with the things to grab attention, enough with this, enough with that, just go out there and win, which of course they can't do until they play a game in 128 days. Anyway, but it's quiet. Until Marty Smith follows into France. Quiet. It's bad. Yeah. Got to have some, like, spring takes with a Z. I like quiet. Ugh. I like quiet in the spring because all I get from people all spring is what I just said. Uh, Enough of this talk. Enough talk. Just go out there and play and win the game. Go out there and beat Notre Dame. Go out there and beat Ohio State. Stop talking. They're still doing that. And I I know. But the responses for the next 128 days will be the same as I've been saying. None of that can change till December, till uh, September first, anyway. Yeah, but if they had a spring game, same thing, right? They would say the same thing, but they would be more obnoxious about it because they say, "Oh, no. it's a stupid spring Those game." Those people Just are always there. the same level of obnoxious, Ira. You know that. I, I know, know that. They flood you. How bad do they flood your inbox uh, and your message boards? I have a question for anymore. you guys. I mean, usually, at least this, you know, we've seen a spring game. Yeah. You have some. Rumors and There's gossip. Rumors. We have the no, rumors and, we, and the reports we have. It's and that's the thing. So yeah. and because Brian has people that you know that he talks to and reach out to him, he'll tell him stuff in practice. Most of you know a lot of us that do. But if you have someone that goes to like I knew someone that was at the spring game replacement because it was part you know the family and whatever. If you only go to one practice and you tell me a report, I'm going to listen to it. 
But I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, that's the thing is that those reports can be useful, but often it's you know one guy who is on the sideline, so that's not a great view vantage point. He's getting one practice, so that's not a it's large one. Of yeah, one out of fifteen practices is and not going to tell you. You get all you. these get all these like reports like, oh, he's running with the ones like you know they rotate so much during spring that I think all four <clears throat> quarterbacks had a chance have run with right, the ones. Yeah. So, so it, I saw Milton running with the ones. Well, you did because I'm guessing they all ran with the yeah, ones. They so. all do. So it's. Getting that kind of sanity check from a spring game is really nice to help put that yeah. in context yeah. Yeah. and and figure out what from that is real. And like last year, we actually got a really a lot of good information from the spring game. I went back and I checked it, and it's like, yeah, that's most of that stuff like came out and was accurate. And uh, this year, it's just like, well, some guy in practice said this, and I don't know how much validity I look, it has. The way I, I look at to to decipher the information, I want. How many sources are saying it? How many times have they been to practice? Right, so obviously, yeah. so if you know people that have been to multiple practices and they're all repeating the same <clears> things, <throat> and then the one and coach speak is very hard to decipher through. So you have to figure out it's not even what they say as much as how they are brought up in context. So a few weeks ago, I think I mentioned it with you guys, but I've talked about it in the year on his podcast. Uh, Harbaugh was talking about Dwarmfer. Now we've heard a lot about Dwarmfer yeah. leading up to it anyway. And when Jim was asked about something with spring practice, he gave a very vague answer. Then he was done. He actually got out of his seat to after that segment had been wrapped up. And he came back into his office and he said, he sat back down and he tells, has JT to say, ask me again about, you know, standouts in practice. And the whole point was so that he could shout out Michael Dwumfer. Like he was out of the room. He came back in and he made it a point to do that. And so when I see that, that is the yeah. confirmation yeah. that Dwumfer, the noise about Dwumfer is pretty good. The problem is we only have a little bit of noise about some guys because there's only so much going around. Well, that, this is crazy. I mean, I keep hearing this about Dwumfer. He's like uh, Mohurst, but big. bigger. Yeah, it's Fred Jackson. And, and back Mohurst, from, and does anybody, I mean, well, it they, isn't going to happen. We're not no. going to have another no, they, Mohurst. No, what they said, and, what I've know, heard it, as it's described to me, he is bigger in that part of, yeah. you know, he's, he's bigger, is that he is Mohurst-esque as far as yeah. he's got some agility along the line. They're not saying he's going to be Mohurst when he's going in the field. Not, and I think Jim even said that. He was just saying, for a Michigan comparison, he's similar <clears> to that, but he is but if he's bigger and he's yeah. a different player, he's going to end up being a different player. But they really like they really they like, like him, and 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 it's good news. I mean, and, the thing and, with and the defense that, is that you know you need to replace two guys, right? So like everybody everywhere else, it's like yeah, that guy's coming. Yeah, the back. defensive side is an easier side to talk about anyway. It's the yeah. offensive <laughs> side that we have to have most of the conversations. And the fact is that no matter what we would hear about offensive line and about quarterback play, I'm taking all the stuff I've heard, and even if we saw it in the spring game, I would have taken it all with a grain of salt. I take offensive line play in spring games when it's a true draft. I take all that with a grain of salt because you're not, it's not a cohesive line. Well, it's not your normal left tackle to right, right tackle but group. You can still look at the one on one matchups. And then and I, you, and then you, you see, good yeah, and then, yeah, and then you see a walk on starting a guard on the, you know, on one of the teams and then you're like, well, that's going to, that, that impacts the entire offensive line. So I have a hard time taking offensive line play out of spring game. Of course, last right, year when the offensive line was bad, we I guess we should have known that that was going to carry over. But I've seen bad offensive line play in a spring translate into the you know into fall, and it doesn't translate at all. Well, I mean, they were a decent to good run blocking line. It's just that they right, were the pass blocking seven standard well, deviations below the mean as pass blockers. And doesn't that isn't that bothersome when you, we keep hearing? That uh, Bushnell Beatty, yeah. Bushnell Beatty is at left tackle. I mean, that's he wasn't not bothersome. A, that's terrifying, right? Because he he couldn't pass block at right tackle last year. Yeah. And so, how is it going to work out at left tackle? Now, maybe he's made this quantum step. 
He's a good he's a I good mean, run blocker. You hope I mean, that Tim Drevno was the worst coach in the world and that Ed Warner is the best coach in the world. I don't think it's going to work out like <laughs> no, that. And, that, and, that, and I'm not saying it will happen for JBB, but we've there have been players in the past. There have been many players in the past where you're like you're just waiting, right, for that light bulb to go off and finally get to the next. That's no. But, but right, I'm not right. saying that he has all the technical ability to have that <laughs> jump. Where we've seen, like Sean Crable before his last couple of years on campus was not much of a contributor, but then in the end he was a you know pass rusher well, making good plays. You and, know, Sean Crable came in as a chicken leg guy with chicken legs. You know, or and guys that have tra- <laughs> and guys that transitioned positions. It took Prescott Burgess longer to get on the field or whatever. Yeah, it happens. Really going back. I'm just day. picking random guys that are that, that that stuck in my head of that did not have impacts freshman, sophomore, Talk maybe even junior years. 2003. And they events. and they have impact and they're senior. I'm sure there's more recent examples. Those are the two that just stick in my head for a while. Uh, Bushel Beatty is he's limited though, is the problem. So far away from what you would need him to be. Like unless you get the Benny Jopru, which would be nice. Like it's, I I and I'm getting criticized by yeah, him for playing reference in 2003. Benny Jopper is the outstanding Michigan example of a guy who did absolutely nothing until his last year. And then he was a second-round pick. And then he was, like, was the, a captain, second-round yeah, pick, the whole best, deal. Best uh, tight end in the conference. So is that going to happen with Bushel Beatty? Almost certainly not. Is it alarming that Bushel Beatty is still leading the left tackle position? Yes. But um, you sure would have liked to have a spring game to to, yeah, to right, see things that. with your own eyes. Right, because at least going. you see him against Rashawn Gary, and you can or, say, okay. I want to absolutely start over at the tackle positions with Hudson and Stuber and uh, maybe uh, Phil Yaga and Honigford. Yes. Freshman, right. just throw him in there, and it will live I have with a, it. I, there, there's a lot of coach speed that comes <clears> out of spring balls. We know. I have a feeling that when we get to fall camp right. that – if Juwan Bushel-Beatty's name is mentioned as far as playing on the offensive line, it's because there were injuries or maybe he's the sixth or seventh offensive line. They went to some super jumbo run package. And you said mm-hmm. his run blocking is okay. He could be a good run blocker. Right, he could be a, he could be he, the, he he could be be a, a guard. Like, I think he'd be a pretty good guard, but Michigan can't afford they don't have They don't need yeah. him at guard. Yes, yeah, correct. So he could... But he could be a, a depth guy at guard, and he could be your sixth offensive lineman when you're going into run packages, when you know you're going into a jumbo right. set at the goal line. He's a big yeah. guy that can block at the line def- at that point. That's all. I'm trying to come up with something that's positive for yeah, now that's, that you said all those, that would, all those that would things. Be, that would be uh, that would be nice. So since you guys won't be here for the uh, you know for the next few months for the most part until we get close to the season, are we just going to wash rinse repeat that it's offensive line and then what's going on at quarterback and then everything else no, falls no, no, below no, no, that? No, no, no. It's pass protection for the offensive line. And that's it. I, I'm confident about the quarterback situation, even if Patterson and is not eligible. If Patterson's think, eligible, it'll be fine. It'll be interesting to see the way the offense shakes out because Patterson like, was in an all-gun offense in high school and an all-gun offense at Ole Miss. He looks a lot like Tate Forcier when he plays football. But don't jump down my throat when I say that. That's a nice thing. Um, <clears throat> Tate Forcier's problem wasn't football. Right. So like other things, but he's you know he's a guy who gets out of the pocket, makes plays. He's a scrambler, well, yeah. but seriously, like, are RPOs we... and stuff. So that's a big change from Michigan's offense a year ago. So so we've lost faith in Brandon Peters. Uh, I mean, I haven't lost after faith. One game after but the bowl, I, I, I mean, I feel confident with Brandon Peters going into next season. Like we've seen three or four I, games. I don't feel confident with Brandon Peters going into next season. But have I lost faith faith in him? I'm no. not, honestly, it's whether a bigger, I'm, it's a bigger jump. Yeah. Whether I'm confident in Brandon Peters or not isn't important. What's important is, is Brandon Peters. Shell shocked? Is he more comfortable? There's a lot of things that he he has, right, he has the tools. I think he has the tools, but he has to take. I think you just said it. There's a large. It's kind of like we were talking about Bush. Yeah. There's a large. He has shown some things, but the step that Michigan where he, that Michigan needs him to be, 
I'm not saying he couldn't make the jump, and we've seen guys make jumps from year to year, especially after you've had some starts or whatever, but that's... Well, and Patterson... Is much closer. I had Alabama fans at, down at, uh, when I was in Augusta. Alabama fans, my dad got a conversation with them, and they look there, and you know how Alabama fans hate Michigan, and they're like, they probably hate Ole Miss too, they and they Ole go, Miss. if he's eligible for you guys... You guys could be in the playoff. Like that's like they Alabama fans are like he's yeah, the real deal. I mean, I've heard we've heard that from multiple right, and that's SEC you know people sources, in the right? SEC they think he's the real deal. And so if he's the quarterback, then it goes back to again, still the same first question. Because I don't care who the quarterback is, if he can't pass protect for the tackle position, does it sure. matter who the quarterback is? Well, and that's something that moving to more an RPO take helps with. Because that's true. Yeah. Don't know if it's a pass or a run for a lot of plays, and those are real quick hitters. So there, there are ways that you can mitigate a uh, line that can't pass block, and Michigan employed exactly zero of those ways last year, yeah. and that's because of the offensive yeah. philosophy. And then halfway through the season, you realize that your offensive line can't block at all, and what are you going to do about that? Can't I mean, it's block. a little too late. It, it's why mm. I suggested in the middle of last year they uh, go to a short passing game and hire Bud Grant, even though he's 90. I actually sent that to the athletic department, and <laughs> I got and I got a note back saying, you got a note back? "Yeah, saying we decline your offer." <laughs> like I was the agent for Bud Grant or something. Well, who else? Who the hell? <laughs> you took might as well be the, the agent. Five for Bud Grant. seconds to write you a note that said we decline your offer. I That's won't, what I I won't tell know. you that because it's a person I like very much. <laughs> one, <laughs> one more second. Like, they didn't have any other thing else to do in the middle of last football season. I Let's thought it was quite to polite. Craig Ross. I thought it was quite polite and thoughtful actually no, they even if it was in kind of odd language so thank you thank you, you Craig right. who has to be polite <laughs> to you one, one more <laughs> one more segment of the MGO blog roundtable inside of the break here on Sports Talk 1050 WTK to take it I guess I'll just do this as uh, since we have a few minutes left with our MGO blog roundtable for the final time this calendar or the school year I should say not the calendar year obviously you guys will be back when football season rolls around so is there anything we haven't hit on all season long that you'd like to hit on right now? Craig, you want to mention, you want to talk about the softball team? Yeah, just that softball has really come along. They were 6-6. Six and six. They've won, I think, 32 of their last 33 games. They 14 eight, in a row, yeah. They had, yeah, and they had an 18 game, and then they lost a one-run game to Iowa, and now a 14 game. Really fun team. Uh, I didn't think they would hit early in the year, but now it looks like that's rolling around a little bit. Much more uh, close this past I weekend. think it's the best defensive team that I've ever seen at Michigan at, between shortstop and third base and second base. We, By the way, we asked Hutch last mm-hmm. week when you weren't here, we asked her about Natalia Rodriguez yeah. playing defense, and she and her she gave a great answer. She says, usually when we talk about defense, we talk about hands. And she said, with Natalia, we start with her feet. Feet. And that's and what I was actually, saying off she, air last and week. And they charged her with an error in the game last week mm-hmm. that was, probably should have been a hit. But mm-hmm. it's she the range she got to the ball, but it was in the hole. And so... Yeah. But uh, 14 wins in a row this weekend. We were talking to Hutch last mm-hmm. hour. Indiana, who was sub-500, she talked about new coach and new whatever, but they have a really good pitching staff, and they are a half a game behind Michigan in the Big Ten. And yeah. that's this weekend in Bloomington is the series. It's a huge series for the softball team. Yeah, it's really a surprise. And, of course, the Big Ten Network, I don't think, is showing any of them. Uh, of course not. Perfect. They'll probably show you know the 12th and 13th uh, place teams or something like that. Uh, they seem They seem inflexible to what is actually going on. Also, baseball, who started out 4-11, and I think, has now won 20 in a row. It's a very young team. They've got three phenomenal starters. Very nice defensive team. Freshmen who are hitting the ball. Uh, so that's... You know, people should go out when I don't think there's any games this no, weekend. Both, this is the thing. This is, I mean, how, this is my biggest beef I, I have with of all the beefs I have at the Big Ten conference. 
and maybe this shouldn't be my biggest one, uh, but this one here takes this me one too. drives me crazy. Last weekend, baseball and softball are both home, and the games are at the same time, right. six two and one or four two whatever. Yeah. This weekend, they're both on the road. Right. You'd think they could work it out in the Big Ten. They would. So be, they, uh, they would always be even. opposite if you have if you right. most teams play both. So you would ha- you would be home and road. It's not that difficult because where are they playing? Or they're playing Big Ten teams. So just. What you should do is you should yeah. pair everybody together. Michigan and you know each weekend you should have a different pair yeah. and the home you're either home with softball and on the road and right. baseball or alternate yeah. and, you know or, or vice versa yeah. and do that or something. My guess is this it's not rocket science and you could actually do run a computer program to do that. I'm sure they could. And and but in any event they don't and it's and it really is irritating. It is. I'm trying yeah. to figure out. So the last time the baseball team lost was to Lawrence Tech. You have an equivalent of losing to in a baseball game yeah. to an NAIA team for the other sport. What would that? That's didn't worse than anything that we've seen. Didn't Michigan State lose to like Grand Valley in an exhibition one year. In yeah, basketball, that's an exhibition. In basketball, that's yeah. an exhibition. This is that's a re- the Lawrence Tech game counts in your standings. Yeah. The you know uh, baseball's weird though. I mean, you remember two or three years ago? I think Michigan might have beaten the Mets. Yeah, but they don't and, play any of their, uh, they right. play, their minor still, league guys. But they still beat the Mets in the exhibition know, game. And yeah. and so that can happen in baseball. A hot pitcher, line drives hit right at people. Yeah, I mean the you best know, things major happen. league teams win like sixty two percent of their games. It's like oh, you won a hundred games. Oh, of one hundred and sixty two. It's like ah. Eh. Yeah, but they it's did. A very but that's, random sport. But they that's did baseball, take yeah. that loss, right. and that like, is one of those ultimate. Met wake up calls, air, you know, backers lights into them, and they have, you know, obviously they're going to eventually lose a game, but they've lost, they have 20 in a row, and uh, they're fun, they're fun watch. That game on Saturday, because I did Friday and Sunday for softball, it's Saturday for baseball, okay. so I was there for the walk off, squeeze bunt, first and third, 11th inning with an out, and he calls a bunt, and if the bunt's the two inches further to the left, the guy's probably out because of where the catcher catches the ball would be able to make the tag. It was a chutzpah, as I told Eric <laughs> on uh, Tuesday. So, Guys, it's always fun for the MGO Blog Roundtable. We'll miss you guys if uh, there is reason to bring you back. We'll put out the uh, the MGO Blog signal and have you guys come back in. If not, we'll. Uh, I mean, I'll see you guys before, but we'll. And Ed will be with this with the Softball Academy a week from tonight. Looking so. forward to it, as always. Should be a lot of fun.